Today, I actually want to give you a report, and it's based on Isaiah chapter 53 in verse 1. I don't know if you guys remember that passage there. Isaiah asked the question, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You know, um, when you read Isaiah 52 towards the end right there, and then you go over to Isaiah 53, you have the chapter where Jesus was the lamb that was led to the slaughter, where on him he bore our sins. And you guys know the story there. It's an amazing chapter. I encourage you to read it. But, you know, to me, I was thinking about it, how Isaiah presented it. It's a report. Who has believed our report? You know, and so I always think about this. A long time ago, someone told me that reporters, what they do when they want to kind of get the scoop, they want to get the full story, what they do is they ask six diagnostic questions. Um, I don't know if they still do, but this is something that was told to me a while back. They ask who, what, where, when, why, and how. And so I, I kind of want to do that with Good Friday uh, today. You know, I want to ask who, what, where, when, why and how? Because when I think of Good Friday and I think of the importance it is to us as a church, you know, for, for most of you here, I know you're Christians. You know, I know you know you love the Lord. You're seeking Him. None of us are perfect, but we're on this journey on our way to heaven, and we're trying to grow so desperately. And then we get hit, and we get knocked down, and just crazy things happen in life. And so, you know, you wonder, uh, how can I overcome? How can I get stronger? How can I be used by God to the, the maximum, you know, capability? And I think so much of it has to do with days like today where you just soak in the love of God. I mean, we're Christians. Uh, we're, we're not going to necessarily have to accept the Lord. We just need to saturate ourselves in the fact that he loves us. Listen, that will change your life. That will help you overcome whatever the struggles are, whatever the crazy depression, anxiety, you name it. It's the healing bomb for no matter what it is that you're going through. And so Good Friday for most of us as Christians understand it's just that. We're just soaking in the clearest demonstration of the love of God. And so we want to have this accurate report. And so Isaiah asks the question, well, who has believed the eternally blessed God? You read Acts chapter 20, verse 28, where it says that God purchased the church with his own blood. You read John chapter 20, verse 28, where Thomas said, my Lord and my God, and Jesus received worship. If he wasn't God, he would have rebuked him right there and then. We know he's God because he stilled the storm, because he walked on water, because he healed the leper, he made the, blame, the lame to walk, the blind to see, the mute to speak, the deaf to hear, and the dead to live. He proved he was God. And so when we're talking about Good Friday, as a matter of fact, some people believe that's where Good Friday, the title, comes from. It's God Friday. Understand, it's not a man, it's not a teacher, it's not a prophet. It is God himself, okay? So the first question, getting the report, who, what, where, when, why, how, is, is God. And then the second thing about Good Friday is then there's the question, we want to get this report, we want to make sure that we get it accurately, is what? What about Good Friday? What is it that happened on Good Friday? And the answer is God died. God died. Now, it almost sounds like an oxymoron. You're like, wait a minute, you, tell, you mean to tell me that the source and sustainer of life died? You mean to tell me that the one who made and maintains the universe died? 
And, and the answer is, is yes. As a matter of fact, you know, that was his mission. Some people will say, well, how could he possibly die? Well, the, the, the reason that he was able to die is because he gave his life willingly. You know, when we're talking about Good Friday, who is it? It's God. What did he do? God died. And that's why you read in the Gospel of Mark chapter 10, how did it happen? It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That's how it happened. You know, I remember one time my friend Bill, he said, you know, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that God died, that, you know, he died on the cross. And I said, oh, yes, it does. In the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, and he being in the appearance of a man, humbled himself, became obedient, even to the point of death. And so what is Good Friday, you guys? Why are we here? Is it just a holiday? Is it just something that we go through? What's it all about? And you want to get a good report. And the answer is, number one, that God, number two, died. And then so you ask the who, the what, and then the third question is the where. Where did it happen? Where did it happen? Some will say Jerusalem, and I would say that's a correct answer. But you know what? When you want to give a report for people to believe and be saved, you have to make sure it's completely accurate to the point. So it goes a a little bit beyond Jerusalem. Some would even say Calvary. Jesus died on Calvary, and that's a great answer, too. It's a correct answer. It's a Latin version of the Aramaic for Golgotha, which is what we find in the Bible, He died in Jerusalem. He died on Calvary. But really, where did he die? He died on a cross. I want to give an accurate report. And I'm asking these questions. Who is this about? It's about God. What did he do? He died. Where did he die? He died on a cross. And that is huge. As a matter of fact, there in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 8, it says, And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself to the point of death, Even the death of the cross. Even the death of the cross. Now, why does it say even the death of the cross? The reason it says even the death of the cross is because the cross was crazy. The cross was cruel. Uh, Henry was telling you, we got some images that, you know, for the little ones, I don't know if there's any little ones here, you might want to cover their eyes, but I think like John was saying, it's good to get the visual of the extent of his love. You know, the cross was invented probably more by the Persians. We have one account where 3,000 people were died under their leadership. Prior to that, the Assyrians would, would impale people. But then it was passed on to the Greeks and eventually to the Romans, and the Romans mastered the art of crucifixion. The Romans mastered the maximum amount of pain over the maximum period of time. And that was the time when our Lord Jesus Christ came. You know, it's good to go through the Gospels. How many of you here, I'm just curious, how many of you have seen the Passion of the Christ? Raise your hand if you would. Okay, so some of you guys haven't. Uh, I, will, I will tell you that the first time I saw that, I had a throbbing headache, man, because I was crying, I was sobbing uncontrollably because I realized that this is what God did for me, that this is how much God loves me. You know, one of the things I try to tell husbands is, man, one of the missions that we have in life is to persuade your, your, your wife that you really love her so that I could go up or God can come up to your wife and say, hey, does your husband love you? And she would say beyond a shadow of a doubt, man, I don't even have to think twice about it. My husband loves me 
That's where we as husbands, that's our goal. But for us as the bride of Christ, that that's where we have to be as well. And the way that is proven is not in the circumstances of your life. The way that is proven is not is my life comfy and cozy and I get everything that I want. Now, here, everything. No, the way that God proves his love is by the cross where he was willing to lay down his life. You know, it started in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you guys remember that. I, I, and I encourage you guys to read it. But there in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. And so as he's praying to the Father, you know, there's a lot that's going on there. You guys remember what the Bible says, that he sweat drops of blood. The medical condition is called hematidrosis. And so when Jesus was there in anguish, the blood is sipped into his sweat capillaries and came out his pores just to show you a little bit of the extent that he was facing. Why was it so bad? I always like to say, you know, that the pain was a part of it, that the sins he would bear was the start of it, but really the separation from the Father was the heart of it. And so Jesus was there uh, sweating drops of blood. Do you realize what that would do to his skin? Next thing you know, he's betrayed, not with a hiss, but with a kiss. Judas betrays him. The temple guards come. They begin to beat him. They take him back and forth. Three mockeries of a trial. Next thing you know, he's condemned to death by Pilate. But prior to that, he's scourged with the cat of nine tails. You guys remember that? I mean, many men would die just from that. Then he had to take that 70-pound cross and carry it up to Calvary, where they nailed him to the cross with nine-inch nails in his hands and feet. And as he was there, he would have... One of the things they say that people really died primarily of on the cross was asphyxation, because they just could not breathe. And that's where our Lord died for us. You know, for us, when we're asking the question as far as who, what, where, when, what happened there, we begin to see these things. And for us, it's important to make sure that we have these understandings in our heart. Who was it? It was God. You know, what we see here is that God himself came. What did he do? He died. Where? On a cross. When did it happen? You're asking the questions. You want to get the full report. When did it happen? And some pe- people say it was April 11th, AD 32. Others will say, well, it was on the Passover. Uh, some will say it was um, Good Friday. That's the answer. That's a simple one. But you know what? I like to go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. And I like to say it this way, that Jesus died a while ago. He died a while ago. And Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that, to me, is so important to understand. You know, because I really do believe, like as a pastor, you're talking to people and you're wondering why do they struggle? What's going on? Why are they going here and there and everywhere looking for something to fill the void within them when in all reality the love of God is available? And I think that sometimes we get this, uh, this misconception that we have to earn God's love or we have to earn salvation. Listen, all you have to do is open your heart. And when the love of God comes inside of you, then he will heal you. He will set you free. You know, and so while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now that we're saints, don't you know that he still loves you? Don't you know that he loves you? And there's nothing that can make him love you more or less. 
And so you begin to look at the cross and you get the report, the who, the what, the where, the when. But then the important one for us tonight is the why. Why did Jesus die on that cross? Why did God die on that cross? And you guys know the answer, huh? Matthew one twenty one. it says that when the angel was talking to Joseph, he said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And what does sin do? Sin, what we find is we're saved from our sins, we're saved from the penalty of sin, we're saved from the power of sin. And that's what God has given to us, you guys, tonight. You know, when we're thinking of salvation, the Bible says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, and I was uh, thinking about this today, and I was talking to my wife about this, and I was like, man, um, where would I be without his death? Because he died, I am forgiven. Because he died, I am free. Because he died, I am married. Because he died, I am still married. Because he died, and you could just fill in the blank of all the grace that God has given to you. It's all because of what Jesus did on that cross. No, he died, and you guys have probably heard this saying, that um, he paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. Again, 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You know, one person said it this way, that the father treated his son, that God treated Jesus as if he lived our life, and now he treats us as if we lived his. You know, that's the exchange life, and that's what Jesus has done. You know, one of the guys was sharing that passage um, in John chapter 19 in verse 30, where the Bible says, and it's interesting when you read the whole context there in John 19, verse 28, Jesus uh, was asking for some sour wine, you know, that they would kind of give him something to drink because he said, I thirst. Now, one of the things that you'll find about Jesus is he was very unselfish. He never did any miracles for himself. Even when he was on the cross, he wasn't thinking of himself, right? He was thinking of others. So you kind of wonder, one wonders, why did he ask? Why did he say, I thirst? But I think we know the answer because then a couple of verses later, what happened was when you're on the cross, your tongue gets really dry and he wanted to say something. And so he couldn't do it with that dry mouth. And so they offered up the, the sour wine. He wet his tongue and his lips. And then he cried out with a loud voice what Anthony had said that Greek word, tetelestai. And that Greek word, it means it is finished. And now we don't have to wonder, you know, am I forgiven? Am I free? Am I loved? Am I empowered? This Good Friday is good for us because we understand all those things. You know, have you guys ever, the Greek word, like Anthony said, it, it means to pay off a, a debt. Have you guys ever paid off any debt? It's a good feeling, huh? It really is. Uh, from what I understand, 40% of all homeowners have paid off their house. Man, that must be a good feeling. There's 107 million Americans who owe on their car still. And in the United States of America, 
there's $416 billion in credit card debt. Now, I know none of you guys are there, but I'm just saying, you know. And, but what a good feeling to know it's paid. You know, have you guys ever done this? And I think in COVID, we're experiencing this more. You know, my wife and I will order uh, uh, food and, you know, we'll do it online. And then we pay in advance. We pay in advance. And then when you get there, it's just all paid for. And you just, you know, you're all happy and stuff, right? And, and I was thinking, you know, because every once in a while, there's like some type of, you know, technical discombobulation. And you get there and for whatever reason, they didn't receive the payment. And so I always kind of sweat and wondering, hoping that it all works out, you know, well for you. But, but what we find is that one day when we get to heaven, and I hope we can at least experience some of the joy now, but when we stand before the Father, I mean, it's all paid. It's all paid by the blood of Jesus. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, to him who loved us and washed us in his own blood. You know, we, we find ourselves um, doing things like that. Uh, another thing I was thinking about is how we can do exchanges nowadays. When you buy something, do you guys ever take it back? I'm just curious. Do you ever do that? Recently, we bought some shoes on Amazon because, you know, they have good deals there. But sometimes it just doesn't fit. The shoes don't fit. Different shoes, they're kind of measured differently. And so you have to take them back, you know, wherever to Kohl's or something else. And they do the exchanged, right? And that's what 2 Corinthians 5.21 is. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. What that is, is the exchange life. So you give your life to God, and God gives his life to you. You see that? That's a really cool exchange. I was thinking about my shoes, and I was thinking about how sometimes if they don't fit, you got to exchange it. Well, if you're here, and I know most of you are Christians, but maybe there's some of you here tonight, you're really not a Christian. And you've tried what the world has to offer. You've tried the boys, you tried the girls, you tried the drugs, you tried whatever the good times, you tried whatever it is, the American dream. You tried to keep busy, you tried to just pour yourself into work, you tried whatever it is the world has to offer, you know, the sex, all that kind of stuff, and it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. It doesn't fill the void. And that's because God wants to exchange that. What we find, and even recently, is kind of interesting. We bought these uh, machines where you guys can automatically get the, you know, the soap to you know, disinfect your hands, right? And poor Henry, man, he, he bought two of them, and um, every, they were all broken, and so this one's broken, and that one's broken, and him and Carlos were there trying to put it together. And between the two, they were able to make one work, and so they have to send it back. And then, you know, they order two more, again, comes broken, and, and you exchange it. Well, maybe you're here tonight, and you're broken, and you feel like, you know what, I, I just... I can't do this. You know, I'm, I'm different. You know, I, I, I'm too much of a sinner. I keep falling. I keep failing. Well, you can talk to anybody here who is a Christian, and they'll tell you, yeah, that's where we all started our journey with Jesus. We all started in that place, with that understanding that we are broken and we need the Lord to help us. And so, you know, looking at that, 
place. And if you're here tonight and you find yourself struggling, you find yourself, you know, with that void inside, you find yourself, you know, where I I just feel like I am not going to make it. Maybe you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you drifted away and you need to come back. Then tonight's the night. It was just so cool to hear Gio say it was on a Good Friday service five years ago that he gave his life to Christ. And it's kind of funny to hear him say, well, they usually do it on Easter, you know. I'm like, it could happen any day. You know, if you're here and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you're here and you've drifted away, man, today is the perfect day. You know, Good Friday is only good if you accept Jesus. And if you accept Jesus, let me tell you, Life is good. It's not easy, but God works all things together for good to those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. And so the who, what, where, when, why, how. The who is God. The what is he died. The where is while we were still sinners. The when, I'm sorry, the where is on the cross. The when is while we were still sinners. And um, who, what, where, when, why to save us from our sins. And then the last one is how. How did God do this? How did God do this? I don't know what one of the guys said it, but I think the answer to that, any guesses? Love. Love. How how, How could God do this? Because he loves you. And what we find in the Bible is Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 and John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know, I find myself, even as a pastor, even as a guy that's been walking with the Lord for many years, you know, trying to figure out, Lord, how do I go forward? How do I you know, come to that place where I'm just walking in the joy and fellowship and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of it has to do with just letting the love of God sink in. And so for you Christians, you don't have to earn it. You don't have to earn love and you don't have to earn salvation. Just because you be, He loves you. And just because you believe, you're saved. I pray you would know that. But if you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, you haven't accepted Christ, or if you've drifted away, my prayer is that today you would say yes to the Lord and that you would allow him to come in.